Welcome to the Freedom City Church podcast, a podcast designed to help your faith thrive. We hope you enjoy today's message. Uh, You can throw the first one up, cool please. Today I have titled my message, which is odd for me. I normally just get on with the rambling, but uh, today is my message is titled Outsourcing Our Comfort. Um, I've been I've been challenged a little bit by this for a while, thinking of thinking of like how much I have as a just a really fortunate person in life, and how many blessings I've had in my life, and how much abundance there is, and how many great friends and what fantastic family I have, and the the uh, availability of opportunities and resources for me is is crazy. You know, it's, I'm a very very uh, fortunate person. Um, and a, in a conversation with a friend a while ago, a couple of months ago, uh, we were talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about how the Holy Spirit in our life is just this, this like such an important part of who we are and how we function and all this sort of stuff. But then, as the more we talk, talked about it, um, and probably the more we drink, but um, mainly the more we talked, uh, we started more and more like thinking like. What actually? When? What is it that I use? Like, how often do I go to the Holy Spirit? How? How? How actually? When I think about it, how active is that? How? How much do I rely on the Holy Spirit? And when we're like sitting there, just being honest with with each other, the humbling, solemn answer is not that much, really. When you think about what the Bible describes as the Holy Spirit's this massive role. In, in our life, you know, uh, it was really sort of confronting to think, all right, I actually don't rely on the Holy Spirit that much in my life. It's, it's not a pivotal moment of every day necessarily, you know. And uh, I was, so I, I thought, I'm going to look into this a bit more for myself just to, you know, just to see if I can find some stronger understanding on where I sit on this. Um, so the first uh, verse that I'd like to just read out. First uh, one there, cool. Psalm 23, uh, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So uh, we all know, or most of us will know, that uh, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit, one of the Holy Spirit's like descriptors or names is the comforter, mm. or you know, to bring us comfort. But before, so Jesus died on the cross, and then sent or the Holy Spirit fell in to be with us on earth, to be our comfort on earth. But before Jesus, uh, before Jesus died for our sins and did his whole amazing stuff, um, the the comfort in life for, uh, you know, ancient old school uh, Israelite stuff was knowing and keeping the law. Like being, so the, the rod is discipline. It's a, the rod is sort of like, you know, the, the guidance and Oh, sorry, God, discipline and, and correction and that sort of stuff. And then the staff is like the uh, the shepherd sort of thing. So the staff is the guidance and yeah, yeah. sort of thing. So when you when you obeyed all of those rules, you knew when you were lined up with God's will. Mm. And so then you were, that was comfortable. That made you feel comfort. Um, and so you, you followed those. You instinctually learned them and followed them. And, and it was a really important part of a... Of a uh, 
Israelites' life, you know, as a, as a Jew's life, and to just stick and follow and, and be true to those. Uh, and then Jesus comes along and he does all this amazing ministry and stuff and he dies and completes the, completes the story of our, of our sin life, you know, like brings completion to that, yeah, yeah. that thing. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit becomes our comforter. Mm. Um, but then the, the role... The role of, that, of the Holy Spirit in that is like way, way bigger. So my first of probably many disclaimers is that I was looking into this from the perspective of what, how, how I use or how I need or how I could get more, <clears throat> sorry, out of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Or what is, you know, what's that key role actually in my life now, sort of thing. Uh, but then it, it just drew me straight away from that. Yeah. <laughs> that anything I read about was was almost counterintuitive in that it didn't really talk about me that much. Mm. It, didn't, it didn't really allude that much to my life. Yeah. Um, it, talked, it talked so much more about people that, people that are in poverty or people that are in, in real dire circumstances in life and things. And it's these people that, are the, that cry out and the Spirit's not there. God talks to the priest guy in the tabernacle. Huh. He tells everyone else what to do. Everyone does it. I'm aligned with God. Tick. Like that's pretty pretty simple. Simple life in theory. I don't yeah. know how how well it would have gone back then, to be honest. But um, it's all good. Uh, then uh, there's there's so many there's so many so many uh, references and stuff about uh, the Holy Spirit, obviously in the New Testament. Like it's all sort of just the Jesus and the Holy Spirit show, really. Um, yeah. But then one I really liked and I thought just um, brought a better understanding for me anyway was uh, the next slide, Quill, please. Uh, it's First uh, Thessalonians 1, 4 to 6. Um, for we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with, uh, with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. Uh, for you welcomed the message in the midst of suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Um, when, I was, when I was thinking this through, the, one of the main, main verses or main little thoughts in my head was the... the they're one of the you know, rich men get to heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle yeah. than a rich man gets to heaven. <clears throat> and that one where it says that the poor will inherit the earth, or the you know, there's a couple of different ones. Um, I think it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that repeats that and has like slightly different variations of that. Um, and I was trying to work this out like I was playing around with this in my head. Like, what is it that makes it so hard to get to heaven? Mm. With, with riches, what is it? What's what's this thing that's so difficult to 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 arrive in in, in f- fulfillment and righteousness with, with God? Just because you have wealth, just because you got money and stuff, money or lots of assets or whatever you want to call it. Um, and what is it about the poor? What is it about being impoverished or or uh, lacking in the, the world's treasures that makes it so easy? So, so direct or, or closer to finding Christ or to hearing from God. Lives and people that are struggling with substance addictions and all sorts of stuff like that, where they're, they're, people, that, they're people that their situation 
to, to most of us looks like they, they they don't have it together. They don't have have the stuff, the resources, the, the peace of mind or whatever it is to to uh, find a great relationship with God or to move forwards on their own or make great, good choices and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so it seems contradictory to me that then me with affluence and, and opportunity and all that sort of stuff and, uh, you know, I'm studying and I'm being the smart guy or whatever it is, trying to be a smart guy and all this stuff. Like, why would it be harder for me with with the opportunity of time, with the opportunity of resource, with the opportunity of I can I can just take heaps of time and just learn about God. I can do all these sort of things. Like I've got the opportunity to do that. And then someone that's in like overt poverty or it's a really difficult situation, whose mental capacity to do that, whose time capacity, whose whose all you know financial capacity was massively limiting them from just spending time and just doing all these things that I can that I can do. I'm privileged to be able to do. How, how does that, it seems so not a normal reality. It seems like the exact opposite, which the Bible, when you keep learning about the Bible, you realise that's a common thing with the Bible. It's like our human understanding of things is normally the opposite of the way that it works. But um, I've, I've started, to, started to break this down into working out that, that when, when the Holy Spirit is offering us comfort, when... The Holy Spirit is coming, you know, when we go to the Holy Spirit and say, oh man, I've got the situation in my life, I really need help or direction or, or just or just comfort, just like just someone beside me through this time. Uh, if, we, if we have a lot, if we have lots of things, then we've got other things we, we can outsource, yeah. previous title, we can, we can find comfort. That's all good. these other ways. That's good, yeah. Like uh, I, I um, was doing a, a job for a guy, uh, doing a whole lot of work on his house and stuff, and he just he was just too busy to deal with all the furniture that was still in the house, furniture and all sorts of stuff. And he said, "Oh, okay, what, what will it cost? I'll just get you can just take care of it, so you know, sell it for me, and you can keep half the money." Away. And so we, me and Gary, my housemate, grabbed all this all this stuff and. Uh, like I'm not a I'm not like a, a silly materials person. I don't live really really fancily or anything like that. But I like having stuff. Like there's lots of stuff that I really enjoy having. Um, and I had a couch that I like already. It's a good couch, a real comfy couch, like frilly frilly nana nana curtains print on it and wooden carved handles. So it's not exactly you know something, something from Dunce Immobilia or something like that. But uh, it's a great couch. I've had it for years. No, I've never even had an inkling of changing couches. There's nothing, just nothing wrong with that couch. Um, but then I had this this guy said, "Can you deal with the stuff?" And he was basically trying to just get me to get rid of it. So I didn't actually really have to sell it. It was more just, to, you know, I can't be bothered. So can you sort this out? And so um, now all of a sudden, I've got in my possession for effectively for free or for like fifty bucks this leather double recliner. Couch, thing, a beautiful couch, electric recliner in it, and all these things. Something I would never, by the way, never buy myself because I think it's ridiculous. Um, but now I have it, and it's mine. Well, it's not mine, but I can make it mine really easily. Uh, and I don't know, like, I don't have the the uh, the benefit of like a being second person floating above me and being able to see my whole situation over that week. 
and whether there was maybe you just Spirit's comfort in my life. That's good. Yeah. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit isn't an answer. Mm. Isn't it's like the doll, it says in, in a whole lot of multiple places all through the all through the New Testament that the Holy Spirit will come along and guide and help and and, and, and just change your mind and just redirect and stuff like that. So so like it's the wrong wrong mentality mm. to say, Holy Spirit, how much should I blah blah blah? Or yeah. when should I da da da? That's a God, Father God sort of answer, sort of thing, you know. Uh, but this couch is still a nice couch. I've still got it. It's still nice to sit on. And it's and maybe if I'd said in that moment, if I'd been more aware of where I was at and what was actually happening in my heart, maybe in that situation I would have still gone to the Holy Spirit and talked it through and and got comfort and then still kept the couch. But then my comfort, my reliance. My future reliance wouldn't be built on a bloody couch. Yeah. It'd be built on a closer relationship oh, with the Holy yeah, Spirit. And I think that's that's where I realised that there was a little bit where I was like, "Oh, okay, I am, I am seeking comfort in all sorts of places. Yeah, this yeah. is this is a theme in my life where where I'll, you know, like if I have a bad day. Full disclosure. Why not? Why not? I'll be honest. It's very rare of me. I'm such a guarded person. Um, <laughs> I, if I have a bad day at work, if I have just a, a testing day, I've got a testing client or a, something's just going wrong, by about lunchtime, I'm planning what pizza I'm going to order. <laughs> pizza on a bad day is my comfort. My, my incorrect, but often my comfort, for sure. Uh, ordering that pizza and just knowing it's going to turn up soon, I'm just like, <sighs> you know, I can sit at home and mope in my own glory and then the pizza comes, watch some TV, and I just feel better. It's a very comfortable chain of events, yeah. big time. But the the answer, the answer that I get from pizza is just, mm, and, it, and I just get this very, very short-term answer. And then the actual out, outworking of that of that comfort is actually really, really negative because then I'm like, oh man, another damn pizza, and I shouldn't be eating pizzas. It's unhealthy. Like the actual end result of that, that will seem right, sort of space that I don't understand at all, but there's something so significantly different in seeking comfort first, initially, okay. yeah. in the Holy Spirit, than finding comfort in, in our own stuff, That's our good, own man. things and bits and pieces. That's good. Now, the, to, to go back to the thought of how, how much easier it is to inherit or come to Christ, inherit the kingdom of God, Riches of heaven, all that sort of stuff. As a someone in poverty or in poor places, or you know, the, there's a whole list of immigrant and all that sort of thing, those guys. Uh, so now, after I basically gone, oh, okay, so I sort of understand this mechanism in my life. I was like, okay, I can sort of see the benefit slash in my life for going to the Holy Spirit. Then I to still, then I still was just stuck on, but why is it easier with less things? Mm. What does what's that mechanism? What, what is leading that to be to be so much better or easier, straighter path, sort of thing? Um, and yeah, like I said before, and for some reason diverted to a different story. Uh, the people I've met that are in, a lot of the people I've met that are in poverty, and it's a very similar story. Most of you, most of you that have gone to like a, a, a poorer country, just or just gone to Bali. 
or something like that. But, but if, and if you've seen people in those sort of situations, a very, very, very common comment coming back into our society here is, oh man, they've got so little, but they're so happy. They're just so joyful, and all these sort of things. Um, and I wonder, I, or I sort of, I sort of, I suppose, uh, hypothetical, hypothesizing, thank you, lecturer, <laughs> uh, that, that with less things out there for them to seek comfort in, it's more likely, it's more likely that they seek comfort in God. Christ in, in the Holy Spirit. Like if you, if I was, if I had none of the none of the gear and asset and house and long term lease and blah, blah blah job security and all the stuff that I have, I'd have less of those things to rely on. So it doesn't mean that I'd be happier. That's not the learning here at all. Mm. I would probably be be you know anxious and and worried and. Uh, all sorts of all sorts of more negative things, um, but in that space, the the uh, the um, awareness of how close God is to you is such a comforting thing. Yeah. Because you're in you're in a place where you you don't have other things to rely on as much at all. Um, the there's a guy that I met who um, he. Pastors of church in the south of Sri Lanka, and we went over and did some. No, we didn't do anything. <laughs> I think we did a puppet show or something with the kids, and then left. <laughs> Sad days, dark days. Um, he had this beautiful church in, the, in right on the coast where the big tsunami hit, and so he, his whole town was pretty much decimated by that big tsunami. And we we came in years after that, so it was um, all rebuilt and everything. And we're chatting to him, and he um, there's a tribe, a local tribe that is uh, really anti-church stuff and that. And for in six years, they bombed his church four, four times, oh, yeah. and nearly leveled this beautiful big white uh, stone church. And every time it got blown up, he'd recruit and build it. exact same exact same building, exact same place, and he'd done it like five times. And it was just this incredible, uh, four times or something, but uh, he was just this incredible man. Like, we saw it as this incredible man of faith um, and this strong, you know, wow, what a fighter sort of thing. Um, and then on our last day, he asked if he could pray for us. Um, so this was when we were uh, at PCLC, Perth Christian Life Centre. And he, uh, he, he starts praying and he prayed uh, the oddest, the weirdest prayer I think I've ever heard. And he, he prayed that us, that Australia, would go through more financial crises. That would have another another major, you know, global financial crisis to, to, to strip away our need and love for money. Like this is the, he wasn't even praying for a safe trip home, he was like any of those things. He, he prayed that, that God would take away our money. And it was profound. It was this... It was me and Arastu and uh, and Megan and another mate were the older, so we sort of sort of like understood what he was saying. Really, little teenage kids were just like, "What? What are you taking our money for? Like, what are you talking about?" But it was just this really crazy moment of realizing that this guy had 
like physically, not much. Like every year he'd have to pretty much sell everything he had to rebuild this church. Uh, and so he just had, he, but he was stoked to have so little. Mm. He saw it as the biggest, biggest blessing because it drew him closer to the Spirit of God, to the Holy Spirit. By, by default, drew him closer. Mm. Um, then there's, there's, this, there's this tension for me, though, in that, in the way that this story works, the way that this truth works, where, like, for the things that I want to do, or even the things that I feel like I'm called to do for God, I need money. Mm. Like I, if I'm if I'm just like if I sell everything I have and just just live a really you know super basic subsistence in life, then there's loads of the things that I feel I'm supposed to do that I wouldn't. I don't see a way for me to do. Mm. You know, uh, and then and then like having security in your own life, it doesn't seem like a thing that is that bad to want to have. You know, to own your own home and to have be mortgage-free or have a solid savings plan so you're looking after your future and all that, those sort of things, because they, they're also biblical mm. things to do. So, you know, months into thinking about this, I'm stuck again, uh-huh. going, okay, so I'm supposed to be poor so I'm close to God, but I'm supposed to be rich so I'm planning for the future mm. and I can be generous and like, so is there a, is it, is it, am I supposed to aim in the middle or is, you know, it's this really annoying, I find it really, really frustrating because I've been told to do both things by lots of different pastors, you know, uh, and passionately and correctly, you know, like it's not that sort of thing. But um, as, I, as I read into it and as I prayed into this, I just had this really, uh, I don't know, just this really, the Holy Spirit gave me like this, this real piece of, it's not either or. Mm. It's not a. It's not a be rich and be crap and be poor and be blessed, or be poor and be poor and sad about life. And you know, it's not. It's not a. It's not like that. The teaching in both sides of the story is walk closely to the Holy with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Take everything mm. to the Holy Spirit. Take all of your, all of your gripes and groans and challenges and emotional stuff and financial stuff and to go to the Holy Spirit first mm, is the teaching. That's it. It's for both both of those people, people in both of those life situations. Less opulent, filthy rich, all the way down to the, the, the poorest person you could, you could even imagine or meet. The, the teaching is the same. Mm. And it's harder. That That's why that uh, eye of the needle is here. It's harder for us to need yeah. the Holy Spirit daily and everything if we've already got lots of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, that's the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm pushing a bit probably further than my understanding here. So this is sort of a little bit of conjecture and I'm okay with that. I think it's the only thing that really differentiates up, like us in, in, in privilege and opulence to the poor, you know, someone poor is, is our is our daily need to bring and get comfort from the Holy Spirit. Because we can go through our day, go through our week, and we've built up comfort. We've got comfort in the bank, you know, and it's, and it's easy. That's easy. But then when it comes to knowing Christ, if most of the time what you go to 
is your stuff mm. or your friends or yeah. your family or your you know turn a dollar an hour therapist or yeah. something like that then then you're you're taking offline you're you're going you're diverting around the 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 spirit of God that will set you up in that question to be comforted. Mm. Uh, and I think it's more that from that place of this Holy Spirit saying, it's going to, you know, whatever it is, whatever the answer or the, or the understanding or the feeling or the, whatever the comfort is that, that you get in that particular question, it's that that just helps you to go through it. It's not, like I've never had an experience uh, myself where, I've had a real big battle or something or something's just getting me down and I've gone to the Holy Spirit and said, well, you know, blah, 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 what do I do? I just feel terrible, whatever it is. I've never had the experience where then the Holy Spirit's gone, oh, okay, I hear you. Well, just do these three things, you know, like here's a practical outlook. Yeah. I don't think, I personally don't think I've ever really had it work like that. Mm. But I definitely have had it where I'll go to the Holy Spirit and, and you know, chuck it all out there, throw, throw my day on the table and then feel so much better just for having it out and then feel that warmth, that comfort, that hug. That's that's what I've experienced. That's my, and I, I'm sure other people have had different outworkings of that. That's what I'd love to hear about. But um, then, then you know, like then at that stage, you're rich and you're seeking seeking the Holy Spirit in every possible way. You know, in every moment where you when you need something, you're going to the, Holy Spirit first. I just think that just changes your paradigm. It switches something for you that then when you make that decision to whatever it is, buy that couch, you're just making it from a comforted position. It's like they say, never go grocery shopping when you're hungry, you know, because you're just going to buy more silly things. It's a bit like that. Like, yeah. uh, And I'm probably minimizing here, minimizing the the depth and breadth of what the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And I want to make sure that everyone hears that. Like, there's a lot more to this than, than what you do or don't get or have. Um, that's That would be a sad way to put the Holy Spirit. But as far as, as far as seeking comfort, I think this is like sort of a good space for it. You know? yeah. um, I wanted to ask a couple of ask people and see if you've got an experience or two. Um, like I said, I've only heard, I've only sort of felt from the Holy Spirit the way I just described it, um, but I was just yeah, just wanted to open the mic for for, for a couple of minutes, or if a couple of people maybe had an experience where they, not specifically the experience, like it's not a counselling session, um, but if there was a way in a, in a situation that they, you guys had prayed and needed the Holy Spirit and then come through and and maybe help you in a way you didn't expect, or or even just a yeah. Like a story or a thought on that would be cool. If you want to come up, or I can bring the mic to you. Just thought it'd be good. So, have a think. If you don't, that's fine. Yes, Andy. Come on up. Thank you, Sandy. Coming up. I think I'd like to just share a really personal story. Uh, it goes back a couple of years, but it's, you know, some of those lessons that God gives us become so profound that they stay with us for life. And I know that that becomes the real foundational turning point on which, you know, each brick along the way, or you, ha- you know, each brick in the house is going to stand firm. But we had a number of years ago, um, terrible time as teenagers, and we had a daughter who was incredibly sick in hospital. They didn't know whether she'd 
she might be their first death from that condition and it was terrible. But I always, very early on when, we, when she had that diagnosis and I just had to look to God and just say, I don't know how we're going to get through this. And it was very, very clear to me that we took one day at a time. We only needed strength for one day at a time. And um, I had this sort of, you know, like that light at the end of the tunnel. And along the way when things seemed to get worse, it was like, okay, I've still got that light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you, Lord. I've got this light at the end of the tunnel, no matter what, you're there. And I don't know what's between here and there. I don't know if there's a chasm. I don't know what's there that we're going to trip over. But there is that end at that light of that tunnel that we're going to get there no matter yeah. what. And, um, you know, in that, in that process, it was really also realising that God is a God accompanying the process, yeah. not just in the answer. And so we had this process that was a number of years and, um, you know, when it was getting bad and people around you were saying, oh, I think you should be doing this or maybe she's not getting the right treatment or whatever. And it was just like, Lord, you're there. I'm going to block out those voices that are going to otherwise cause me to look into my darkness and to not see that light Mm. that you've given me. And... um, so, yeah, it was a really powerful moment that I really want to encourage for um, everybody that in, that in that journey, we don't have to have the answers today. We just have to have that, that faith and trust that um, in that process, God was a great comfort to, to myself. I'm glad to say we came through. That was a good end. But, you know, whether, whether it was life or death, God still would have carried us through no matter what. So, Thanks, Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. Um, anyone else got another? Anything that's sort of jumping out at anyone? It's okay. It's not. Um, about a year ago or so, I was in a horrible relationship for about three years. Um, and when I was like leaving, that's when it was hardest. So. The guy had convinced me that I didn't have anyone except him um, and he would leave me alone at home and he'd say something might happen if I go and see my family or my friends. Um, and so the only time that I felt okay, like outside, would be at church. Yeah. And I remember one time when I think a couple of days before I actually told him that I was going to leave um, and... It was like a really difficult time because I was too scared. I was honestly, I thought if I left the house, I would come back and there would be another woman in my bed. Um, And I came here once and I remember just like, I didn't even have any thoughts or feelings. I was like so, everything was so horrible. And I came in here and I was like, I know that if I come to church, nothing bad will happen. And I could like just stay here, I guess. Or I knew like there's many people that would take me home if I didn't want to go home. And I remember Meg was like, Sammy, I haven't even thought about this for like a long time. Um, and like, I didn't have much of a relationship with Meg. I, um, I knew her and she was lovely to me, but that I was like, I just want her right now. I didn't even want my own mom because I was too scared to go too far away. And then she just made me feel like, she was my mom at that time, and I knew that no matter what I went through, that God would be here with me through everyone else. Yeah. And then since then, he always came home with me too. Oh, wow. And whenever I was home alone, and I didn't know if he was going to come home or what was going to happen. 
Like God was there with me all night, every night. Wow. Wow. That's nice. Actually brings up a very profound uh, thing to remember is that the Holy Spirit often works through people. Yeah. Very, very good. Thank you, Kate. Anyone else? Very cool, very cool. Um, I'm not going to try and top that. Those, both stories were just beautiful. Um, and that's, <clears throat> there's not much more real than, than that, you know, that personal Holy Spirit comforting us, yeah. taking us, wrapping us up, just going, it's gonna, this is going to be all right. You know, it's going to be okay. It's, um, yeah, amazing, amazing. Maybe, um, maybe a couple of people could pray. I'll finish off with prayer. I mean, it's a good sermon to pray with. <laughs> yeah, Father God, we just, we don't always know what to do. And often we feel lost and out of, out of our own depths, God, but you have promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And we hold on to that knowing that your promise is to comfort us as well. So Father, we just we just thank you. And Holy Spirit, we know you're with us, that you'll never leave us, and that you're always guiding us in the darkest of nights. So we just thank you for who you are to us in every season of life. Yeah, thank you God that uh, <clears throat> thank you God that you put us all here. Uh, you brought us together so we can uh, look after and love and comfort each other. Um, but I just pray that you would always help us to come to you yeah. first, yeah. To, to find and seek shelter, comfort in your in your truths and your promises. And just in your arms. And uh, Lord, I just uh, pray that this would be a, a, a ever continuing conversation that we always seek to know more and dig deeper and find find uh, ways to just make things make things more about you in our lives, Father. And uh, yeah, pray for pray for fantastic. Uh, afternoon and weekend. Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom City Podcast. If there is any way that we can help you survive and thrive in your everyday life, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd want to know more about who we are, just head to www.freedomcityfremantle.com. Until next time, take care.